Welcome, y'all, to episode 65 of That's What I'm Saying, the podcast about hip-hop, entertainment, dating, sex, relationships, and social issues from a sometimes ratchet but mostly woke perspective. So subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast. We're in iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, CastBot, TuneIn, YouTube, and Spotify. Also follow us on Instagram at TwizPod. And watch That's What I'm Saying, the TV show on Island TV. You can download the Island TV app from your smartphone, your smart TV, your fire stick, your streaming device. So I'm Sean. I'm Nye. Hello, everyone. Hey, Nye. So what are we calling this episode? Can ordinary people be sexy? I don't know. Ask People Magazine. All right, y'all. Um, but first, before we get into the Ratchet Minute, shout out to our listeners in Israel. Israel. Shalom, y'all. So, kicking off this Ratchet, John Legend has been named the sexiest man alive. <laughs> I can't even say it without laughing. We, we need a recount. Who was who was on this poll? Who was in this poll? Where do these votes come from? I need to know. Who's on this panel? Who said that? <laughs> Right. So he stole the honor from British actor Idris Elba, who was named Sexiest Man, I believe, last year. And the year before that, it was Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So now we have, um, I guess we have the beige backlash. What you think? I don't know what's going on. I'm so confused because if, it, I mean, there's a lot of beige brothers out there that can definitely be the sexiest man alive, but it's just, and you know, when you look at John Legend, he's not, I would never describe him as ugly. He's not ugly. He's got, he's cute. He's a cute, like boy next door look. Yes. Boy next, next door, but fine, handsome, sexy. I, I have no desire to see John with no clothes on, like no desire. <laughs> None. Put him back. Put him back on time. Oh the, my goodness. The picture they have of him on the cover of people with his shirt unbuttoned. I'm like, y'all, can y'all button those two buttons, please? Because I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm so uncomfortable. I feel weird. It's like looking at your brother, like, this is weird. And, that, and you know what? That's the feeling. It's kind of like. It's kind of like looking at a family member to me. I mean, first of all, I'm not a fan of John Legend's music. I always felt like it's like ordinary people. Like that song will put you to sleep. It's like a lullaby. So I'm never, I'm like, who are his true fans? Like who actually like, oh my God, did you hear that that John Legend joint? (laughs) There are a lot of people who are John Legend fans. There are a lot of people out there. Um, <laughs> I don't know them. They are. There's a lot of people out there. I remember a couple years ago. I think he he was like he did the halftime for like NFL. He did a halftime show on some major sporting event, and I was like, "Why? I am going to sleep right now. This was so dry. You didn't brought you didn't brought out your piano. <laughs> Nobody wants to fucking hear you on a piano right now." <laughs> Man, y'all better pass out some melatonin. That's what it feel like. Everybody, Girl, he is, his his music is very sleepy. And when I say I don't like R and B music, this is the R and B music I speak of. This right here, I don't like this. So, so I mean, one thing is like he just has never lived up to the name of legend, in my opinion. But like you're saying, there there's a there's a whole core of people that really enjoy his music. Obviously, because he was voted by People Magazine as the sexiest person. So I think it has something with him having to do with him appearing in, remember he was in the the Surviving R. Kelly documentary. Like, I don't know, I, I don't know why, but uh, he was. You remember that? 
Yeah, I so, think I him being in that. Yeah. Like, maybe that was it, and where he spoke up. I don't know. Um, So, as we all know, he's married to Chrissy Teigen, who was a model who appeared on the cover of Sports Illustrated and um, Victoria's Secret run- Runways. Um, and then she, like, discovered social media. So she was really, I know she's, like, she's a Twitter person. She's really good at Twitter. Um, she loves to eat. She makes sure everybody knows that. And she cooks. I think she actually put out um, a couple of cookbooks. And she has her own line of kitchenware at Target. So it's, I mean, it's very interesting because her personality is very outgoing and very bubbly. And, you know, I think a lot of people like her because she's, you know, she says it like she means it. But then she married this guy. And I'm just like, I just don't, I don't see the, I mean, it ain't for me to see, I guess. I just don't see the connection. I don't well, see Well, you know, it may be a thing of opposites attract. You know, he seems very reserved, very conservative. And maybe she brings out something to him that he just doesn't have. And maybe he, he brings a kind of calmness to her that she needs sometimes. So maybe it's that, you know. Oh, that was, that was so mature of you. <laughs> <laughs> That was so introspective. But you look at them, you you know, I look at them side by side. I'm like, they look like brother and sister, actually. That's what I said. That's what I said. Right. They look like brother and sister. I just, I just, I can't get it. I can't get into it. But like you said, it's not for me to get into. <laughs> so did you see the meme? Um, so Snoop Dogg, I love Snoop Dogg. Like, I swear he should, he's like, he's a comedian on the side. So he photoshopped himself in the picture with John Legend talking about thank you. You know, Snoop, that ain't it either. <laughs> That's not it. Snoop, but it, Snoop is like your uncle Snoop, your big brother. Like, all right, no. Right. But no. I think he just meant it like it's like, come on now. If that man is the sexiest man alive, we are all the sexiest man alive. But you know what is the most hilarious? I don't know if I sent it to you, but there is a meme going around where John Legend is is um dressed up as Arthur, the artvark. Yes! For that meme where he likes clenches his fist. <laughs> girl I died it was hilarious it's oh, hilarious what kills me is like there's a whole thing about John Legend cause he has a fat ass and that shit don't make no sense girl, have you I saw I saw the beach, the beach picture of him in his swimming trunks and he got he literally got literally has an ass that you can sit a cup on <laughs> And she and, and Chrissy Teigen has no ass. And there was a meme going around that said, John Legend is so considerate, so nice. He's carrying around uh, Chrissy Teigen's ass for her. <laughs> 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 oh, I almost choked her. Man, stay away from the men with the big hips and that big ass. Man, I'm, mm, there, there, there is, I don't know how true this is because but they say if he got a big ass and hips, his penis is small. That's what they say. I don't know. Well, I don't. I have not uh, tested this theory, so I don't know because that is a deal breaker to me with a man with hips that are bigger than mine. Yeah, absolutely. Or curvy ears. curvy yeah. hips. It's a yeah. problem. <laughs> and big booties. Man hips. <laughs> um, but you know what? I, I guess it's an honor. Good luck to you, John Legend, and but continue. You know, you know, what? with all the backlash that he's kind of, he's taking it in stride. He's been a, a good sport about it. But you know, what's super hilarious is that, um, so Idris kind of got in into it. And I think that, I don't know if Chrissy Teigen tweeted this or maybe Idris did, but, um, and uh, it was a tweet that compared Idris in 1995 and John Legend in 1995. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> 
What did it say? It was just comparing their pictures, and it was like, and it was like, these are the two sexiest men alive. And it's like, how? Who said that? Like clearly, Idris has been fine his entire life. I don't. I've never seen a bad picture of Idris. I, the picture of uh, John Legend. He had. He was. You know, he's cute. Had a cute little smile with braces. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I feel like I went to school with him. Like he's the dude. You know, back when uh, Beige was kind of in. But he's the dude that would have all the girls and be like, but he's so corny, y'all. Y'all don't see this? I, I, don't, I don't know if he was ever popping with the ladies. Like, I just, I don't see it. But maybe. I don't know. I, I just, I'm, just try again next year, people. Goodness. Yeah. Can you? I want to be on the panel. <laughs> <laughs> I do think they need a because they've been pretty good the last two years. I mean, they did the rock. They it was Idris. So and they've had you know black men or men of color for the last three years. So evidently, like they're getting part of it, just not all of it. Yeah. All right. All right. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, we're still in the ratchet minute. So I don't know if you heard about this big Sean song. You well, you know I about this. Came out with a new song a, a couple days ago called "None of Your Concern," and Big Sean is featured on this. And I just want to say before I get into the story, I think they are so cute together. They had a um an album that came out like last year, and it was like a duet album. You know, I can't remember the name of it, but it was so cute. Mm-hmm. I like them together. I really do. Yeah, anyway, together though, right? Right now, they're, they're like together apart. You you never yeah. know what's going on with them. <laughs> we but know any- about. Those. But anyway. Big Sean said he made in 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 a twenty four hour period he made Janae come nine times. Lord of mercy. <laughs> nine shots, nine book shots. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Nine come shots. Whoa. <laughs> I am, my pearls are clutched. Nine times is a lot. A, a lot. Is a lot. I don't even know how she even was nine. You would be paralyzed for a good three days if you came nine times in one day. <laughs> You talking about soil like a motherfucker. Man, I have tried, and I'm telling you, <laughs> I was exhausted. <laughs> exhausted. But she came out with a song um, earlier this year. You know, Janae has like this real laid back um, kind of style, and everyone thinks she's not like a turn up queen, but this song she had called Trigger, I don't know if you listened to it and you heard the song, but the lyrics, I'm going to read the lyrics. Might fuck around and go crazy on cuz. Might fuck around, have to pay me and blood. This ain't the way you want it. Might catch a case in this bitch. Don't let me catch you face to face in this bitch. Try my hardest not to disrespect you. After what you did, man, what you expected. You motherfucker. If a nigga made me come nine times in one day, I am fighting for him. (laughs) I felt everything on those lyrics. Like, you ain't letting me go. Man, there ain't no more life to be lived after that. Like, what we gonna do? What we gonna do? Who was the follow-up after that? There is no follow-up. There's no nine times in one day. Child. I really like Jenny Aiko. I've, I listened to her music. I've actually gone to a concert where she performed with Nas. And it was like one of those acoustic concerts, you know, with the live band. She's a very unassuming, you know, little, I guess she's Filipino. Filipina uh, female, but her lyrics are so X-rated 
I mean, like, hop on a dick like a maniac. I know she was talking about Big Sean right there. So I'm like, I've always been a fan of hers. Um, I love her music. And yeah. <laughs> she's songs. You can really vibe out on her music. I, I, I saw her perform, um, this was years ago, at this um, festival in, in D.C. called the Broccoli Fest. And mm-hmm. I, I honestly didn't appreciate it, her music at that time. I was, you know, I heard of her, but I wasn't really into it. So I kind of was like, for me, I was like, this is very sleepy. <laughs> because all the other artists that were there that night, it's a festival. So they're like super, super hype. Um, you, I saw her twice. I saw her um, Broccoli Fest and I saw her at, um, I think she was in Philly for the Roots Picnic years ago. But anyway, um, it's neither here nor there. But to me, it was she was just so sleepy but to me I, I like her in a in a certain kind of setting if it's like an intimate setting or um yes. or something like like we, you were just saying it's like it's a, an acoustic set and it's laid back um mm-hmm. that setting that I saw her and I just wasn't feeling it but it since then I rock with her so hard her music is absolutely I love her music she has a beautiful voice um like you said she's very graphic she has this song well she's on the song with um Two chains. What is this song? I fucking love this song. Um, of course, I can't even fucking think of. I have the, the worst memory ever. Um, let me look it up real quick. Hold on. Two chains and Janae. It's a vibe. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's my shit, man. If you listen to that song, that song goes so hard. I will put that song on repeat. And on her particular part, I just play that little four lines or five lines she got and just replay it and replay it and replay. That song goes so hard. I love her. I, I just love hard. her too. And evidently, Sean, uh, Big Sean loves her too. Good Lord. You That's know, she has, a, um, she has a baby by Omarion's brother. I know. What's yeah. the what's the what's his name? Um I don't know, but he looks just like they look like twins, Amarion and this guy. They look so much alike. Um and I actually think that was his yeah, they do. The the kid brother. Oh, that's mm-hmm. cute. Yeah. Um, but back to this nine times. Nine times is a charm here. I need to I need to I need to know details. What happened? What did you do? Like was each one of them like were they little orgasms? Were they like a cluster orgasm? Were they like strong? All nine of them? Good lord. Was it all day? Were we talking hours, minutes, days? Like I need to know. I need if to know. There were nine strong. I don't even know how she's still living. There are nine strong <laughs> orgasms. How are you? How did your heart not slap? <laughs> How? How she just didn't combust. <laughs> I mean, I get one good strong, and I'm like, whoa, a bit of hole. Let me sit here for a minute. <laughs> Let me gather myself. <laughs> Bring me some water. Look, I'm like, are we are we all sleeping now? Can we just go to sleep right now? Because I'm tired. <laughs> I'm spent. <laughs> like, what did you do? Nothing. <laughs> Let me get myself together. We'll we'll start round two. Anyway, wow. yeah, that's amazing. So great, it's wonderful you found this this eighth wonder of the world, uh, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> that's how they call him Big Sean. All right, Big Sean. Okay. okay. You know what? Cause it be them them lean motherfuckers. Girl, I got some stories, but <laughs> <laughs> off the motherfucking record. God damn. Wow. Some real unassuming guys that you're like, and the ones you think are like, okay, I'm scared. And they they pull it out, you're like, 
okay. And then those small, skinny ones, you're like, God damn. Like, do you walk with this third leg? <laughs> How does this work? How do you not trip over this? <laughs> like, like, that motherfucker need to be paying taxes, all that. When they say that shit's like a baby leg, they should they be for real. That shit be looking like a baby leg. <laughs> a little fat baby leg. Like, God damn. <laughs> anyway, all right. <laughs> I digress. Okay, must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I must digress. be real nice, Janae. But yeah, I, and I hope they get together. I, I, I do actually like them together as, as Yeah, well. I do too. I, and I, I like them um, separately as artists, and I like them together as artists. I really fuck with Big Sean. I really want to see him in concert. I haven't done that yet, but I, I absolutely love his music. Like, Where is I, he from? He's from North Detroit. Carolina. Detroit, okay. Yeah, like I can go and listen to to Big Sean all day. Like he has such a a good catalog of music, and it's consistent. He's good. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Agreed. 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 All, all right. right, moving on. We are now at the Kitten Heels and Spectacles segment of the show called the Woke Minute. So, um, this week I do want to raise awareness and just get the conversation. Moving forward on the 64,000 plus, I actually think the number is way higher than that. Uh, black women that are missing. You know, I wanted to talk about this and I feel like, um, nah, this is going to be a topic that we are going to continually bring up during the woke minute because I do believe that the government has an agenda in regards to sex trafficking and organ harvesting. However, I believe that is for um, another show and I do want to develop that. So in the meantime, what I wanted to talk about was uh, the numbers. So the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, which is based in Washington, D.C., um, and is pretty much charged, uh, has taken on this tackling this missing person cases epidemic. So Robert Lowry, who is the uh, lead of the center, told ABC News that roughly 800,000 Americans go missing each year. Now, of that number, about 60% of the reports that go into the database are people of color. So, I mean, just, just doing the numbers, we're talking about almost a half a million people. Um, so I, I think it, it really speaks to, you know, what's really going on here with these missing children. So missing black Americans are overrepresented in the total number of missing people in the US, in the United States. Why is this? Um, and even though that is the case, only about one fifth of these cases are covered by the news. This is what the analysis of the Journal of Criminal Law and Criminology has determined. So black families who are searching for their missing relatives, searching for their loved ones, are more likely to be labeled as runaways. So when they get this label of being a, run, a runaway, somehow the focus of the police and media is not there. So I think we all are very aware of the Natalie Holloway, Elizabeth Smart, Lacey Peterson. These became, in my mind, like household names. What do you think about that, Nye? Because I've, I've heard the names of these white women who have gone missing, who within a few days had the FBI on their cases reporting them as missing. Um, but, you know, the names of like a Unique Harris, a Christian Muse, a Relisha Rudd, all of have got um what do you think now before I, I go any further about with the numbers um, you know so i'm i'm 
I'm just gonna say something real quick and then I'm gonna bring it back in. I've been reading this book called um, The New Jim Crow. And it just talks about how um, mass incarceration has really taken the place of slavery. And I watched uh, a couple days ago um, an interview with Byron Allen, and he made a statement that was so strong to me. And he said, we were brought to this country to um, create wealth, not to have wealth. So I think our existence existence in this country. We moved out of slavery and there we've been put into different places where we still are um, at the, the low totem pole in, in this society. But I think this human trafficking and because the number of women, black women, even black boys um, are so high, it's because we have been moved from that type of slavery into another form of slavery. And you can't have a number like, what did you say? 800,000 um, people that go missing, missing every six, right? 60% yeah, you, of them are, are people of color. You can't have a number like 800,000 people, uh, total people, and 60% of those go missing without it being a, a an underground movement going on that's supported by the government. It, that just can't happen. 800 people can't go missing, and there's not a concerted effort um, that's supporting this. You, you understand what I'm saying? I, I totally agree. And I think this is something that you and I should be tackling over the next couple of weeks um, in subsequent shows. Because I, I, you know, you know how I am a I'm a conspiracy theorist, but I actually think this is not a it's 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 way more than a conspiracy. It's actually an organized uh, sy uh, system in place here, um, which accounts for why those numbers are so high in our communities, why our black women are missing, the reasons behind why we are missing, what, you know, what our value is, what we don't even understand our value is um, to those who perpetrate this against us. So this is going to be a huge expose. Um, I'm kind of excited on taking on and tackling this subject and bringing it. So for the next, you know, couple of weeks, I do believe that we are going to have to really flesh this out um, because I, I totally agree with you. This is not a, you know, uh, some some white guys in, in in vans, you know, jumping out. This is a this is a system um, yeah, that comes from our government, our judicial system, the police, you know, uh, public officials. It's huge. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, to uncover that is to is to uncover this 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 whole organized crime that's been going on and, and uh, um, against our our community. But just in terms of, you know, speaking out about it and this whole white women's kind of, you know, we know about the white women missing. We know immediately because their faces are on the news and we, you know, we get we get updates and, you know, the ticker tape across the, the news, um, you know, at the bottom of the screen, letting us know play by play what's going on and what's happening. And, you know, when it comes to our black girls, that's that's not the case, mm -hmm. you know. Very, very mm -hmm. sad. Um, but and I number one is awareness. Mm hmm. Um, and, you know, just for us to even talking about it and putting the focus um, putting the media focus back on it um, will assist and help tremendously. What were you going to say? You know, I think that um, as as women, as people of color, as black people, we just really have to be aware of our surroundings, um, what's going on. Um, I was just having a conversation with one of my friends about um, something she had um, 
the video that was floating around on Instagram about the, the girl who took the lift or the Uber and the person who was driving the car turned off the GPS and, and was going in the opposite direction of where she needed to go. Yes. And when they got to a destination, it was a warehouse and she would just happen to hop out the car and just run for her life. And it's, you know, it, it just, that gives me chills because you would think, you know, she's using, she's not in a gypsy cab. She's not in a hack. She's in um, a cab system that has a tracker. It's an app for this. You know what I mean? So you think that when you're using an app like this, there's a sense of security in it. Um, and I'm hearing more and more stories of people, they're using Uber to kidnap people. You know, so it's important that when you get into these cars, and I'm, I, to be honest, I never do this, but to check to see if this, the child safety lock is on, um, you know, um, check that on the side of the door before you get in. Um, text somebody to let them know where you're going. Um, you know, I know I get on my niece's nerves because she's almost 30, but I'm always like, where are you going? Call me when you get there. Call me when you get home. Even my friends, my friends, we are, we are well into our adulthood and I'm, so I'm like, when we're together, I'm like, when you when you get home, call me or just send me a text. Let me know that you got home because this shit is so real. And we get we we go along in our day and we have routines, um, daily routines. And we just we just go along in our day and we don't really pay attention to what's really going on around us because we do the same thing every day. So we may not even be paying attention to, you know, a strange car that's right here or somebody who's following us or, yes, you know, yes. any little inconsistencies. You may just kind of not even be thinking about that. You mind be your mind may be on something else but we really have to be aware of our surroundings you know if you drive if you have a car and there's something that's on your windshield stay in your car get to your destination and take it off you know because that's also another way for um, for them to get you you know you see something that's on your car and you're like what the hell is this you get out you take it off your windshield and then there you go you're in somebody's van you know you have to be hyper aware and you know sean i am so paranoid <laughs> i am so paranoid okay. and this is put this has put me on another level of paranoia but you know you can never be you, you can never be too safe so just really watch your surroundings be accountable for yourself and be accountable for your friends um and let people know where you are you know what I mean? So that, you know, there's there's a tracking, you know, system going on in place for you. But just be careful. Just, you know, be yeah. Careful. And I, t I totally agree with you. And I believe, you know, we have all of this technology with a, which, you know, allows us to, um, you know, be better with that type of information. And I don't care if it makes me sound crazy or, you know, text me when you get in. Call me when you get in. Let me know when you make it home. Let me know when you're doing this. You know, I've had a I've had a family member who was kidnapped, young black female, um, in college. Fortunately, she was returned, you know, safe and sound after a number of hours. But it was something simple as, you know, the the perpetrator got in the car in an unlocked car in the back seat, and and um, you know, was was in the car and and drove around for how many hours and it it happened so yes you know you want to you want to believe that you know we are you you're you're relatively safe and you're protected but at the same time you know sometimes that that little bit of paranoia will save your life and just being mindful of your surroundings Absolutely. and you know the situations and going in groups and you know making sure there's a there's some accountability you know getting from point a to point b just the small things and you know i and i i hate to be that way um, but that's the society that we live in, you know, and I'm always I still have this and I'm what I'm guilty of is 
I have this, what I call like, I, I, I wish a nigga would attitude. You know, it's that kind of, you know, New York kind of like, I wish somebody would do something, but you know, I have to kind of talk to myself like, no, I wish, I don't wish anybody would. So mm -hmm. don't, don't test me and don't, I don't want to be in situations where, you know, I, I can be tested. You know, I, I travel a lot by myself and I'm always mindful of my surroundings because it's, you know, it could happen in a, it's, you know, so fast. I've, you know, I've seen it just, you know, just in walking to a bathroom, you know, and somebody is, you know, outside of the, you know, guys is posted up outside the bathroom. Um, and I've seen, uh, you know, I, I know of females who have been human trafficked. And it's the, if you're looking for, it's not the face that you would think, you know, and, and how prevalent it is. And I'm talking about, you know, girls in high school, you know, out here listening to music and dressing cute and, you know, living their lives and get caught up in these, in these webs. Um, because of, of, a lot of times these, um, with these trafficking rings, they'll use, um, women to, to bait other women. They'll use other teen girls to bait teen girl, teen girls. So it, it may, it, like you said, it's not going to be the face that you expect. It's not going to be a, a mean, menacing man sweating you know menacing man that's going to grab you it's going to be it's going to be so, so unassuming i've read an article where um this girl got approached by a couple who was trying to invite them invite her to their church i don't know how many times somebody's tried to invite me to their church and yep. you think that you know oh, they just kind of want to build their, their fellowship and whatever or just trying to bring you salvation but they may and, I, and, and not to say that you know some of those cases are not true but you just have to be careful because it's almost by it's almost by any means necessary yeah I mean I truth be told I remember speaking to um a young man and he was from Detroit I believe but he was bringing girls and the way that it was explained and I, you mind you, I was a lot younger and way more impressionable. And now that I think about it with this mind and in this day and age, I, I see what he was doing. So he would bring girls like they would basically run girls up north. So that's what they would call it. So he would bring girls from like Detroit or they'd be like from the Midwest somewhere and, you know, give them a little money. And but they would stay in a house that, um, you know, it was a, it was another woman or a female that was kind of like the house master. So a lot of times they were runaway teens. They were, um, you know, kind of girls, but now that I see what the setup was, like he would send them into, you know, have this hookup when he'd send them to this house and then they would start working for him, mm -hmm. doing all kinds of things, you know, not just escorting, running drugs or doing X, Y, Z, but how, you know, how it was like a whole setup. It was it was so organized because he had point people that were there to you know to meet her when she got off the bus because they never flew so they always took Greyhound. I mean just like it was, and I'm just looking at these girls and I'm like you know never mind that she might be 17. You know her family might be looking for her. you. I I don't know what the stories were, but it it happens. You know it it mm -hmm. it happens. Yeah. <sighs> It's a lot. It is. It's a lot. Um, and like I said, I, I think we need to go into the reasons behind why our girls are missing off these streets. Mm -hmm. That, you know, that's a that's a whole nother. That's a whole podcast in and of itself. Yeah. Yep. absolutely. But we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah. All right. Where are we? We're at the weekend dick report. 
Okay, man. Slow down. I'm waiting all week. <laughs> I got excited. <laughs> All right. So this weekend, uh, Dick Report is more of um, it's relationship based. Um, this came from one of our listeners um, who who dropped this uh, this little story in our inbox. Um, so here we go. Okay. All right. So my husband and I have been together for nine years and five of those we were dating each other. Um, I've always wanted children. It's always been a part of our discussion, even early on in the relationship. Once we got married, we waited a year and then we started trying to get pregnant. It wasn't as easy as I thought it would be. I had several miscarriages early on um, and we were recommended to a fertility specialist and proceeded with um, that that whole process in vitro and, uh, and that whole process. Um, after several attempts, I was able to carry the baby, a baby um, to the final trimester. Uh, my due date is very close by and we're very excited and anxious for the new arrival. Um, I've been on bed rest until my due date. About a week ago, I was on the computer and a new email alert popped up. Um, apparently my husband used my laptop and didn't sign out. I opened it without thinking too much about it, um, because we have a pretty open, trustful relationship. Um, the email was from a woman that claims that she is also carrying my husband's child. Um, according to the email, she's been trying to talk to him. She's been calling him, but she, um, hasn't been able to talk, to talk to him. So she's practically begging him to respond to her. Um, after thinking about this, I forwarded the email to myself and then I deleted it, the original email from my husband's account. Um, I haven't had the courage to call her or to talk to him. Um, this whole email has really just uh, shaken my foundation to the core. Um, I've never imagined that my husband would ever cheat on me, let alone have a baby by someone else. Um, and I don't know what to do. Mm, so, yeah, this is... Um, this mm -hmm. is tough. This is tough. So, um, you know, well, it's, you know, when you get hit with information like this, it is hard to keep that shit to yourself. Cause I swear to God, I'll be ready to flip some fucking tables. But <laughs> her due date is coming. She's yeah. on bed rest. Oh, that's just, yeah. So, you know, this, it, it really has to be, um, a, you definitely have to address this, but I think time is the big factor in this. Um, my advice is, if you can, I would just hold on to this information and and kind of keep this um, keep it at bay until you actually deliver your baby. Um, if you have a close family member that maybe you can confide in, so that you don't have to have all these this information pent up, um, and talk to that family member um, until you deliver the baby. Because I, I just don't think you should rock your foundation right now because it seems like you it's this is a high risk pregnancy and you want to have a safe delivery. Um, now, once this baby is, is, is here, then I think you should definitely address your husband. Um, we don't know if this is a true, if this woman is, is, if this is his baby, if he even knows her, if this is a real, if this thing is even real. Um, so you have to get to the bottom of that. But I, I think with this, I think you should just kind of, and I think you already know this because you deleted the email from your husband's um, email address. So I think you already kind of had this kind of mind thought just to kind of hold on to this information until you get to your final this final destination with the baby and then and then bring it up. But I just think you should just hold this information in, um, even though it may be hard because I can't hold water. So I'm thinking, can I even do that? <laughs> I, I mean, girl, I was like, what kind of just wow, because that's a lot. I, I think I, I actually think she should 
um, divulge it and have a conversation with him. But in a way of saying, I'm telling you because I know we are not going to deal with this now until after the baby is born. And I feel like I want to discuss it and just let it simmer on his part. Because, you know, I think, like you said, time is is going to te- is going to be a very important factor in this. And I think if she can address it in a way, I, and this is how I would do it. It's like, I don't even want to have a discussion with you right now, but I'm telling you because I want to let you know that I know. But right now, after this, after I say my piece, I'm going to focus on carrying this child to due date, having a happy and healthy delivery, being at peace. So anything that disturbs my peace, including you, will not be allowed in. And then we can discuss it on my terms at my time when the time is right for me. And I think that is how I would deal with it. So at least you know, that, that elephant or the, the child, the elephant in the room is kind of addressed and like, look, I already know. Cause I don't know how she's on bed rest. That means you got a lot of time on your hands and to just kind of have the simmering, you know, without telling him that she knows, I think would be painful, but I think it would also give him a chance to get his shit together, get your story together and, exactly. and a solution. And that's why I, and that's why I think I would, like, I understand where you're coming from, but I think, I, I think that if, if you, if you bring this up and you said, we're going to, we're going to discuss this after the baby. See, I think this give this, if he's guilty, this gives this motherfucker too much time to get his story straight. I'm all about the, the, the art of surprise. And, um, I just, I just think that it just, it just gives this, this man too much time. If he's guilty, we don't know if he's guilty or not, but it just gives him too much time to, to get his, his, his story together. And we, we, well, we I, uh-huh. I, I want, I want raw emotion. I want raw facts. I don't want cleaned up facts. I want it all. Um, and that's why I suggested, you know, cause this is a lot of information to, to keep, but she's only, she's doing a couple weeks. So it's not like it's a, three months or whatever. It's just a couple weeks. And and that's why I suggest like getting, having a confidant that you can actually talk to. So you don't have all these emotions and, and thoughts and feelings pent up. You have someone that you can release this to, but, um, I don't know. I think I might just wait. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know me. I know I can't wait. I know I couldn't wait. I want it. I want it out. And I, no, let me take that back. I know that I probably could, wait but in this instance i wouldn't because i i would want to give i mean what can you do he's got an 18 year old mistake potentially on his hand like how what you know what story is he going to have straight what i was thinking more in terms of coming up with a solution how are we going to handle this and even for her take that time you're on bed rest everything happens for a reason to decide whether this is a deal breaker which i mean to you know and we all adults here this is probably not a deal breaker um but it's it's not I don't, I, I don't, child. let me, yeah, I know. We from two different train of thoughts, because this is, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Well, Sorry. what she said is that they have a pretty open relationship, I'm thinking in terms of communication, so, um, you know, this might not be a deal breaker. I don't, I mean, like I said, I am of the, probably of the team, like, maybe it, it might not be. Because you're talking about, I don't know what the situation is with this other woman, if she's even telling the truth, assuming that she is, what's their relationship, you know, how did it happen? There's just so many different things, like, do you just throw your whole life away because the child who didn't ask to be here is coming into the world because he put his dick somewhere where it probably shouldn't have been? I don't know. I don't don't necessarily believe that is a 
that's a that's an ultimate deal breaker in my opinion so she's got to decide for herself whether it is because then you got you know it's it's the feeling towards the child if the child is actually his and now you know if he's doing the right thing he is going to have to take care of this child that's taken out of your household so all of those things she will have to decide i just don't think she should have to decide you know I, I think it should be a conversation when she's ready to have it but she should at least let him know that i know what's going on i know the business i know this chick is over here with your baby and i'm not going to deal with it right now because i want to focus on being being healthy and and having this child and then when it when the time is right you're gonna have to come i'm i'm let me know what what you're gonna do I, that's you know i i i i i for me that is a whole baby is a deal breaker i i'm not i'm not from the school of thought where if you cheat we may continue i don't know i i just it's just something in me where i I just feel like um what's the word i feel um i can't think of the word that i want to use right now but um i don't want to use the word rejected because that's not the word i want but um I don't know. It's, it's just something in me. If 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 there is if there's someone else that you're seeing outside of me, there's something in me that just can't allow that. I just can't. There's something. My feelings literally get cut off. Like I could be so in love, but the minute I find out maybe you entertaining some other women or you whatever it is, my feelings ha- are slowly okay. dwindling down to nothing. It's just something about that that I just can't live with. And then to bring a whole baby into this. Um, and if he is the father that he should be to this outside baby, then that your whole world is going to be changed. And, um, if you're going to accept the baby, you have to accept the baby. You know what I mean? It can't be the baby can't come over here. He can't have any interactions with my kid. I don't think you should do that. And that to me, that is hard to see a whole baby. Your man has created with someone else. Um, I don't know if I can deal with that. And I don't think I would be fair to that, to that child. I just don't, I don't know if I have it in me to be fair to that kid. It's, I don't have it in me to be mean to the baby. That's mm-hmm. why I would just remove myself from the situation. You understand? I got you. I, I understand. I think it's, you know, it's a, it's a difficult one. Um, but it's a real, you know, it is a real life. This, these things happen all the time in real yeah. life. So, and you know, it's so funny. Uh, am I, when I, I grew up in a, in a church back home and you never know, you know, people, the older people are just older people. You just never know. You know that some people don't speak to other people in the church. You don't really know the history. You're a kid. You don't know. But as you get older, you find out the stories that, you know, this husband had a baby by that person. And the reason why that person doesn't speak to that person is because this is the outside baby, but this right. happened like 30 and 40 years ago. You know what I mean? So this stuff absolutely happens. And it goes on. It's been going on since we got on this earth, <laughs> since we got on this earth. Did you see that movie with um, Denzel Washington and Viola Davis uh, fences? Um, I've seen not the new one, but that's an old, you know, that's yeah, a, I think old I story, since old one. Yeah, so I've seen it. Yeah, that was. So I um I didn't really know the premise of I, I I've heard of the play, the August Wilson play, but I didn't really know the premise of it. I just heard about it, and so when I watched the movie, I had no expectations. I'm just watching this as it's unfolding, like a story I'd never, heard, you know, knew about. And girl, I did not know Denzel had a whole baby by someone else. And Viola Davis raises baby, child. And the, the thing, the thing is, is that he, um, 
she found out that he was having a baby by this woman. Um, the woman had the baby. And Viola Davis couldn't have a kid. So she they, they had been trying for years. She never could have a kid. And then the woman died in childbirth. So mm-hmm. Denzel comes back to the house. And she thinks he's just coming back in the house, you know, for the night. He got a whole baby in his arms. And is like, the mama dead. <laughs> and he's <laughs> baby to her. <laughs> But you know, I mean, that's happened in my own family. I've I've seen it, so and, it's you know, and, and like it it does happen. Now that situation for me is different because the woman is out of the picture. I don't want to I don't want nobody to die, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> that may be an easier situation for me to handle. Uh, but even st- it's still difficult. It's still absolutely difficult. Wow, this it's a it's a it's a strong person that that has to you know deal with that strong person yeah i don't know if it's me i don't know i don't know yeah. i don't even i don't even want to find that's out tough one sis but hopefully um we've given i think we've we've given two sides to it um and i think both both um you know both answers are are good solid answers it all depends on you know which one you decide to do but i think uh both of them both pieces of advice are solid mm-hmm. agreed oh wow that's a tough one Oof. God, but um, praying that she has a healthy and happy pregnancy and child and move forward um, the way, you know, that's, that serves both her and her child's best interests. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Moving on. We are now at the I Reminisce, I Reminisce. Ow, ow. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. So this week is my reminisce. So y'all, I'm going to paint a picture, take y'all back to 1999 with Mob Deep's It's Mine featuring Nas. So this is, you know, this is like one of my most favorite. I just, I'm such a Mob Deep fan to this day. Rest in peace, um, Prodigy. But It's Mine It's the second single from Mob Deep's 1999 album Murder Music. And the song has a sample. The beginning starts with one of my other, one of my most favorite movies is the 1983 film Scarface. So it starts off with this Scarface theme. And then the chorus is actually like taken from Brandy and Monica's song, The Boy Is Mine. So the original Brandy and Monica song is like, you need to give it up, had about enough. It's not hard to see, the boy is mine. Well. Nas remix it and <laughs> y'all need to give it up cause we don't give a fuck what y'all niggas want um thug life is mine girl so remember the video do it girl okay so if you remember the video this was like when hype williams remember hype williams was like making these little mini movies out of videos he was like you know that whole like a little little not little it was a little x with like the missy and missy videos and this video was a hype williams video you just knew it because it was just like it was just so over the top you know this the silk shirts with the versace and you know Nas with the cigars and they out in miami and it was just, it was very cinematic. Yeah. So this song just brings back so many memories. That was 1999, 
was such a good year. I remember it was it it was it was a great year for me because um, I was really I was popping that year. I remember that. And this, song, this song set off my poppiness. Okay, when it came out, cause I was such a scar. I'm still am. I was such a Scarface fan, fan of the movie, um, fan of the cinema. So to have like this is this is how that song started was. And I'm such a fan of Mob Deep. I can't even get it out because I get so excited because I feel like they are like one of the most underrated um, rap duos of our time. But if you go back and you listen to the lyrics and the listen to you know the things that they were they were speaking about, they were so ahead of their time. So this song was a little fun, you know, but it was hard. And that's what I liked about the music. The music was hard for back in the day, but it was still very creative. And this was like one of those songs. So, I mean, this, this, this whole thing. So, Mob Deep is mine. I love, love, love this song. I love the whole album, Murder Music. Anyway, which thing? Me too. Me too. This is my shit too. Even though I just fucked up the lyrics, but this yeah. is my shit. Okay. <laughs> it's all right, girl. My heart was in it. My heart was in it. All the time. All right. <laughs> Okay, moving on. All right, moving along. So we are at the Support Black Businesses uh, section of our podcast. Um, This is the segment of the show where we highlight a black business. We believe in growing our economy and strengthening our communities and desire to build awareness of products and services made for us, by us. Boo-boo. So um, this week, uh, we may have covered this before, but we're going to do it again. It's about a Black-owned Riyadh, which is a hotel in Marrakesh, uh, Morocco. Um, it's owned by Marianne Loom Martin. And uh, she's a Black Parisian that opened up this hotel called Janan Tamsna. Um, she, she built, uh, well, back in 2000, uh, 2000, she and her husband purchased land in Morocco. Um, and it was at a time where, of course, even though Morocco is in Africa, it's it's a very Arab country. So it's not, you know, it's not a high population of uh, pure black people that live there. I don't know if I should say that, but it's more Arab. But anyway, she um, she got there and she didn't speak the language. So she had a lot of, there was a language barrier. Um, she was a woman, but she came there with a mission. Um, so since 2000, um, when she actually built this property, um, She's had five-star reviews. She's been mentioned in Elle and Time, uh, Town and Country, and Vogue. Um, so this is like, this hotel was actually mentioned to me by one of my homegirls who's planning to go to Morocco next year. And so um, I once I was researching, I remember that maybe we had, we talked about this before, but I kind of wanted to go back and touch on it again. So if you're ever planning a trip um, to Morocco, please look this uh, lady up. She is of uh, West Indian and Senegalese background. The website to this hotel is uh, Janae Tamsna, and it's spelled J-N-A-N-E-T-A-M-S-N-A.com. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful property. Um, So check it out. Sounds good. All right. All right, y'all. Well, we have come to the end. Is this the end? I, I, this song always plays in my mind, in my head when, when we're here. All right. So, y'all, you can subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast or the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Stitcher, YouTube, Spotify. Also, please, y'all, follow us on our Instagram at TwizPod. That's T-W-I-S-P-O-D. And catch That's What I'm Saying, the TV show on Island TV. Get your phone out. Download the Island TV app. You can stream it. We're usually on on 7.30 p.m. during the week. So, Nye, who do we always shout out? 
always, we always want to give a super shout out to our producer, Vegas World Inc. You can catch him on Instagram. You can catch him on the Twitters. Thank you so much for listening, subscribing, and liking us on social media. Until next week, take care. Take care, y'all.